Well, welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today are Steph Moss, who is who coordinates all of our uh, global ministry partnerships, and Craig and Lisa G. They are longtime partners of ours uh, and serving in Southeast Asia. Actually, for those of, for those that aren't super familiar with you, maybe even new to our church, don't know who you are. I know we, uh, most of our church knows who you are and, and where you are, but can you just give us a quick summary of where you're serving and what, yeah, what ministry looks like? Sure. Um, yeah, Craig and I have worked in Southeast Asia for the past 25 years, working with Muslims. And um, really our goal is to be the presence of Jesus and bring his message among some of the most economically, socially, and spiritually marginalized communities there. Um, and our, our vision is to make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus that have communities that are lifted up and then to see that transforming power of Christ change those families and those communities throughout the entire region. That's our dream. Yeah, we, we began oh, 25 years ago or so, mm -hmm. and we looked for a place of transition. So we started on university and our goal was to build networks, relationship with students, and follow those natural networks back to their own communities. And so mm -hmm. we started on the university, we did you know, computer programs and ways to build relationships. And then we moved into communities, developing kindergartens and developing scholarship programs and mm -hmm. small business platforms. And we host annual village-wide medical clinics and build preventative health training do a large organic farm to help uh, create food security for families and then reforestation programs. But everything we do in all these communities that we're now in after all these years is to be the presence of Jesus and to be intentional in proclaiming who Jesus is. Yeah. I mean, I think over the years, our church family has, I mean, I, I know how close we've been and how, how much we've learned from you and, and even the, the shape of ministry that you have not only lived, but taught has, I think, shaped so many of, of us in so many exciting ways. So I, so you're not in Southeast Asia now though, right? We're, we're actually in the same state. Yes, <laughs> it's true. You're, you're stuck here. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so, uh, but before, I mean, before we get into the ministry stuff, I Love to know, Craig. I mean, maybe this this sounds like a, a theological, spiritual question, but it's not. How's your heart? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep it the physical, tangible. <laughs> yeah, God's grace. Um, actually, you know, I don't know, twelve years ago, I had a heart crisis, and then, so I've been living with scars in my heart for about a decade. But last November, it kind of crashed. And Lisa, you know, pushed me to get get attention, so I had a pacemaker put in, and then came back last March for surgery in Stanford. And as we arrive, that's when the pandemic came, but um, eventually it had the procedure and, and by God's grace, the last few months, the tests show my heart is doing well. But you know, my other physician internist sees that the heart, the body systems were affected by it. So I'm kind of living in a kind of constant depletion, constant fatigue. So we're looking at the other systems of the body and just praying that God will reveal what's causing that fatigue. But yeah. we are, so encouraged and thankful we've been hearing from you and from friends at uh, Cornerstone who've been praying for us. And so thanks for praying for, for me and for Lisa. And most people don't think about praying for the partner in the heart crisis. They pray yeah. for me. Many pray for Lisa. It just happened to bear so much 
crisis, you know, in my life too. She's been she's been an anchor and caring so much. So thanks for praying for Lisa. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we've been praying for both of you, and yeah, we know it's been a long road. I, I'm just curious, kind of throwing this out there. I I do remember when you came here in March, and I remember the surgery, and then I remember the shutdown, and kind of like six months later, when you look back, that kind of hindsight that you might have, is it, has it been kind of a blessing that you've been able to be here and just rest? And I don't think you're resting, right? I know that there's plenty of work you're doing, but in the sense of just kind of being stable and in one place, um, to be able to kind of address some of your heart issues. Yeah, for me, yeah, for Lisa hasn't been a rest, and she'll tell you why it hasn't been. But for me, um, to be able to be here and then have access to incredible medical care, you know, um, yeah. it's been such a gift. If we were in our small village, yeah, it wouldn't have gone well. So God extracted us in time to have access to have good medical care, to address the physical issue. And then also to have, and God's provided a you know a place for us to stay here too. So to have a place to, for me to rest my body. I've needed a lot. I was not uh, expecting how much of an impact would be on me. So God has really provided a, a great place of rest for, for me and for Lisa to know that I'm in, in a good place. I, all I can say is that I'm deeply grateful because in the weeks leading up to his surgery, every like 10 days, he would nosedive worse and at points couldn't even walk across the room. And so here we are, so grateful, realizing if we had been in our home country, yeah, no, truly no, don't no. think he would have survived. Yeah. So this is just God's, you know, provision and his, yeah, intention to have us here. And we just can't thank him enough for bringing us here. Yeah. What an overwhelming kindness, right? Yeah. <laughs> just God to see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to see him work. Um, and, and orchestrate those things in the midst of, yeah, chaos and everything else. And, and I mean, it, it, I, I'm sure reflecting on that even gives you the, the courage to depend on him in this season of fatigue, right? Where like all the answers, you, you don't have all the answers quite yet, but yeah. he's obviously been so faithful, um, right? Ultimately in Christ, but even in just these practical ways that he didn't, he didn't have to be, and he, he chose to. Right. What an incredible, yeah, incredible gift. So, so, yeah. So, so Lisa, let's, let's talk a little bit about what you have been up to, right? It's other than, you know, uh, helping Craig through this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's been a really busy season for you. How, yeah. How, what's that look like? Um, yeah, I think, um, well, just having a safe place has been great for us because it's allowed us to work. You know, having a place where we have internet and able to communicate. Um, Craig will talk a little bit more about what we're doing, but we've done like tremendous pivots in terms of Zoom trainings across the world um, with other workers like us who are working in, you know, creative access contests, texts. Um, we've been able to have these, you know, late night Zooms with people from all over and connect and do training. And we've done a lot of ethnographic. Craig has led a lot of ethnographic training. Um, but when we arrived in March, um, yeah, COVID was, was hitting the U.S. pretty hard by that time. And so my background, I have- And, and globally. Was, and global, it had already started in Asia, but it was hitting globally. And we realized now all of our workers across the globe were being impacted. And so I have a master's in public health from UCLA and I'm an epidemiologist. 
And so for such a time as this, <laughs> the Lord had me here. And so our international director asked me to lead the coronavirus response team for our mission. And so that has been a full-time job, um, connecting, serving, you know, all of our missionaries, checking in on how they are developing materials for how to open up. Um, and, and we think about how that impacts us here in the U.S., but when you think of folks in some very challenging parts of the world um, where government flip-flops of structure and security and danger and rioting happen on a huge scale, that really impacts our people. So I'm kind of using my epidemiology skill, but also have a great team. And that has been a huge part of my my time has been spent doing that. And it's been an incredible privilege because I'm like, this is, I know how to do this. Uh, this is yeah. an area where I know how to respond. And so how exciting that the Lord would even allow us all to use the skills and training we've developed, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of my time. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. It's incredible. Uh, Craig, so I, I know you've, you've also been, so, so you've been doing, that's I mean, if that wasn't enough, right? Which I mean, is, I'm sure is just overwhelmingly. I mean, you've also been doing some ministry training. Um, have you been continuing some of the ministry training that you had planned on doing? Has that all just like gone out the window and, you know, yeah. what's it, that look like? Yeah, it's changed. Uh, you know, our plan for this year, 2020, we're, we're in a new position. Um, we still have our feet on the ground in Southeast Asia and still be involved in the ministry there, but we have a new global role with SEND. We're actually the directors of strategic engagement and transformational presence. So it's a long title. Basically, we help our missionaries think strategically about how to engage the communities and also how to create um, transformational presence. We're, we're developing kingdom development goals and how do we, how, how to actually make assessments in the communities that we're in and, um, you know, engaging poverty and, and access to health and diverse, uh, pursuing advocating ethnic diversity, lifting up women and girls and communities. So as an organization, we move toward that. Mm -hmm. uh, but also we had planned to travel and visit in countries throughout the world working with our teams and thinking strategically. But so like the rest of the world, instead of flying from country to country, we're doing that through Zoom. And by God's grace, after the procedure in May, you know, we provide a couple of hours of energy a day. So we'd have 11 o'clock at night, Zoom calls, training throughout the world, and then I just would crash. And so <laughs> it was 6 a.m. And then he crashed. But yeah, by God's grace, we're able to still meet with uh, we'll gather regions and gather, you know, 30, 40 missionaries on a Zoom call. And we'll, we'll do um, intentional training, thinking about how we can be that, that presence of Jesus and, and thinking strategically in those areas. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, what a, I mean, and interestingly, I, even with, I, I'm sure you miss getting to travel and, you know, and, and see and engage with those people in person. But with where your health's at right now, Oh, you know, uh, once again, that may not have even been an option. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it. I really, it really sounds crass to say this was for me, but if it wasn't for the <laughs> shutdown, I wouldn't do my job because I couldn't travel. So by my, yeah. I, I'm able, both yeah. of us are able to minister to people um, through, through uh, video chat that we couldn't do yeah. if, uh, yeah. if, if we, if, if, if I was able. Yeah, well, what a just redemptive purpose in that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I also know you, you mentioned, or at least, and maybe it was I, maybe it was that I read in one of your, 
most recent um, parlors, but your your home community, right, where your home is in Southeast Asia, has has gone through and dealt with significant outbreaks. Like, what's what what's that like? How's how's your team doing? Oh, it it has been so challenging. So if we think we've had restrictions, that is nothing like our community in Southeast Asia. They were locked down to the point that you could not leave your neighborhood and you needed a pass and only one person could leave the house for months. And that one person could go to a roving market. They could not even go to a market that would be on a corner and you would find out on Facebook where you could buy a few groceries. So that's the level of, res of restriction and lockdown that our team faced. And then if you can imagine being um, like under the weight of poverty and your little job of fishing or being a tricycle driver or something is gone, then starvation kicks in. So that's what our team was dealing with. And so same, you know, like one of the things that I love about missions is that missionaries are trained to be flexible and adaptive. And so our team was like, what is God doing? What is going to be like the divine push of this situation? And how can we be ready? And so they prepared and they studied and kind of rethought through all of the movements of God among Muslim people and they prepared. And so right about that time, the borders opened briefly and some of our churches gave money for relief work, relief, just basically food, you know, food and yeah. some necessities. So our team started buying food, soap and vitamins and seeds for plants. Because when people are hungry, you can have food for this sure. week, but you can't, um, you can't, you know, sustain that unless you're planning. So all to say that yeah. our team has really faced the trauma of it, mostly the trauma of the people that we minister with, but God has done amazing things mm -hmm. because God is who he is, you know, and yeah. he works in crisis. And so um, we had youth that were meeting once a month in a Bible study Muslim youth, and they suddenly had no school. So those WhatsApp chats became WhatsApp Bible studies every week. And a couple of those youth came to Christ. And as those youth through came texting. to Christ through texting, like you would like, here's the passage and everyone gives feedback. And then we pray. Well, five concurrent youth Bible studies among Muslim youth in this village that started, that just started during COVID. And so look at what God is doing. And they're not meeting once a month. These are five Bible studies meeting at the same time every week. And then in the next relief um, visit, we were able to visit some of the moms in one of our more resistant communities. And these moms we were a little concerned because there was a leader who really didn't like us, a religious leader. And, um, and yet we came in the same way, visited the home, gave the food, shared a Bible story process through their COVID experience. How has this impacted you? You know, what has this been like for you? And prayed with them. And then they got out their notebooks, these, these mamas, and they wanted to write down that Bible story of creation that we gave them with the seeds. And they're like, wait, we have to write down the whole story. Then they gathered their friends and they retold the story and they started their own Bible studies. And this is what we have been praying for for all this time. And look at what God does. And so then they were begging if we had printouts of these stories from the Bible, from the kitab, you know, which is Arabic, you know, for the Bible, if we had printed out stories. So we're like, we can, we can get those to you. So this is what God has done um, by just our team prayed and prepared 
and God moved and we have the privilege to witness it. Mm. So praise the Lord. Beautiful. It's amazing. I just feel like that's the stuff that you just cannot <laughs> plan. I feel like that's the theme over and over this year, right? You cannot plan. And some of that we're being frustrated that we our plans are being ruined. And then some of it is like, you can't even plan that. Like when that seed that you guys have planted is just going to flourish in a time that you think we're being restricted from, right? Meeting how God shows like, no, he, he's in control. And it's not, oh, that's just an incredible story. Yeah. Can I just say one other thing? I was just thinking about how um, sometimes we do need to be less on purpose so that God can remind us that he is the one that is moving and that we are encouraged to join him and be excited. And as we hear all of our team talking about a divine push, this is God's movement. Um, it reminds us that we are expectant to see how God is working so that we can join him. Like we do the work, we pray, we prepare, we visit homes, we share the stories, but then we're pulled out and God moves. And so this mm. is an important posture for all of us, especially when this is our career path to do ministry. You know, this is an important yeah. reminder for us that yeah. God is moving and we partner with him. He doesn't partner with us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and how, and how, how humbling in that sense that like you see God working, right? Because I, I mean, I know like as, as a leader, as someone who's like invested in this community for as long as you have, right? Like you're like, well, it, if that's going to happen, I need to be there. Right. <laughs> if that's going to happen. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I need to be a part of that. Like, I, you know, I've given my, you know, my life to this, like this is, and, and the Lord just like weaves this in a, in a beautiful way that both shows that it's all about him. And that also uses each of us in the unique ways. He's like, he's like, no, like, I, I, I have something I need for you to do, right? I have a way I, I want to use you and, and it, and it ebbs and flows and, and oftentimes in, in ways that are very different than we would draw up. Um, yeah. Than we would ever plan. It's much better. Our yes, always better. Always so much better. <laughs> yeah. You know who I was thinking about? I remember um, so early in January, you guys did uh, your annual medical clinic, medical outreach. And um, I remember this year was a really exciting year because you were in a new location, kind of a first for your team. And I just, I couldn't help but thinking when COVID hit, Oh, you know how you think like sometimes those are the, the, the first steps or the first ends to kind of just building relationship with people. And I thought, oh no, like the, the momentum. And mm -hmm. so was anything lost there? Or have you been able to follow up with any of the, the families or students that you were able to meet with in January? Nothing lost. Oh yeah, nothing lost. It's, it's yeah. I think we're the first beneficiaries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually because God works in beautiful ways that the medical clinics is just kind of uh, the first big, door that god opens up in the community we can tangibly show them that we love them that god loves them and then we can tell them who jesus is and so it was actually because of that clinic in january that they trust began to trust us and mm -hmm. open the doors and then it was through that now we're able through it's been texting again not as mm -hmm. our plan is to be there in person but the holy spirit works in new ways and that texting and and something i wrote in our in our prayer letter about um we see movements of God, right? Historically, where have we seen movements of God? And we've seen movements of God where, if you imagine a triangle, and in the bottom left corner, you see a movement happens when there's traumatic events, 
And then in the top, you see uh, open receptivity or a spiritual openness. And then the bottom right, you see a Christian witness. So if you see those three things, you see a traumatic event, uh, open receptivity, and then the presence of a Christian witness. Whenever we see those three things, we see a movement toward God. Now, our role, what is our role? Our role is not to be the traumatic event, or we can't control. We <laughs> Hopefully, it's not us. That should not be our role. No. And we cannot, even though we want to, we cannot create spiritual receptivity. But we do have a role to be that Christian witness, right? And so that's been our presence these last few years, is to be that witness. And in the midst of this crisis, is to continue to be that Christian witness. And so... The, the clinics in, the, in a brand new area, we, yeah, we thought, okay, this is going to open up a whole new year for us, but it mm -hmm. did it differently. The, tra the trauma of the pandemic came in, and then the trauma of economic collapse came in, and mm -hmm. the, the receptivity started opening up, and then that's what we're seeing the, the witnesses being taken. So if we had just pulled out and ignored it, you know, then, I, then yeah. the witness would have been, would have been gone. But the spirit had opened up a receptivity. And so for us is to have continue with our intentionality, be texting and calling. Now we're starting to see movements of faith. And, and we're starting to see that actually not just among our team, but we're hearing around the world Muslims who are seeing that witness, touching, experiencing that, that Christian witness in this traumatic time. We're seeing movements toward God, which mm -hmm. is, again, nothing we can plan, nor do we want. We don't want to plan trauma on people's lives. But when it happens, are we ready? Has it been yeah. a, a platform already? And, and do we wait and say, let me prepare, or do we act immediately? I think yeah. that's the key is like when there was that trauma, yeah. you know, the leader of that whole village reached out to our teammate and, and said, we're, we're starving. We don't know what to do. Can we arrange something? And we set it up with the local government system with everyone separated to find ways to still provide the relief and to tell the story and to pray with people in the that they were the first recipients of the relief goods yeah. because we had provided some nutritional support during the clinics. And so right. that, that, that elevated his status in the community, that, that leader's status as well. And once again, reinforced our partnership with them. And so that is just yeah. spread throughout that region. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, when, I, when I think about it, even going back to you, you were talking about like, you know, Bible studies over text or over WhatsApp, right? Like uh, you know, somebody coming to, to faith over text. Like, I, I was just talking with a friend last night about, you know, it makes me think of, and, and maybe in some like, uh, obviously less, less drastic measure, but ways, when I think about Paul in prison and he wasn't like, oh, I guess I'm stuck, right? <laughs> like, you know what? I guess I'll wait. And once I do my time, then I'll like get back to ministry. I can't wait. Like, let me count the days until I can like be used by God again. Right. He's like, I don't know. What can I do? I guess I'll write a letter. Right. Like, and, yeah. and, and so he used the technology he had, right. The technology he had that could communicate across some type of that he had in the moment. And, and th that's all he's doing right now. That's what God's doing again right now in this weird, strange way in ways that seems strange to us. Right. I I'm sure that, that, to, to Paul, even to some of his followers, like it seems strange to like exhort someone or even lead them to Christ through a letter, mm. right? Um, just as it feels weird to, to us to do it over WhatsApp, <laughs> but it, it, it's just, if it, if it can carry words, right? God speaks to us in, in his word and, he, and he, we, we speak to one another and if it can carry words, then it can carry his truth. And, and 
he's finding all sorts of different ways, whether it's WhatsApp or Zoom or, you know, whatever else. He, he's, he's not limited in the ways I think we feel overly, <laughs> consistently limited. I, I think a key insight there too, Pastor Scott, is that, that these were letters that Paul wrote, right? So there was a dialogue that he was having with mm. the of faith. And so it wasn't just Paul or Jesus putting it out there. He was always in dialogue. So when the woman yeah. did well, he was listening well. It was the Nicodemus who's listening. And Paul, his letters were responding to people's letters, a dialogue. And I think that through this time, I think we as followers of Jesus, to be that Christian witness, we need to be in dialogue, which dialogue is, the difference between dialogue and, and proselytism is there's, there's uh, listening, right? So the, the first step in all of these is to listen well. And I think that's, that's a role that we as a team are trying to take. And I think we want to encourage the believers, even especially in, you know, in LA where, where we're isolated and we can't gather in the large groups. It'd be so beautiful to gather again as a group, all of us, you know, hundreds, thousands, but that's not there right now. It's, it's, and so how do we have like Paul, that dialogue with people or Jesus? And, and we have this, 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 um, this pattern or this path on our team we call transformational dialogue. And mm -hmm. the first step is to listen, mm -hmm. is to listen well. And so you listen, what are the concerns? What are the fears? What are the thoughts of the people around us? You know, not listen to the noise around us, but listen to the people. So what are people's concerns? What are people's thoughts? And then how do we obey Jesus as, you know, we can't do it as a large group of Cornerstone, but our, our family, our small nap, our small groups, how can we together obey Jesus by listening to people's needs and then serving them, but also... The second step of transformational dialogue is to interpret the word of God to our people's concerns. Mm -hmm. So first you listen and you obey, you serve. And the second one is that you interpret the word of God. How does he address? How did people, how did Jesus address Nicodemus? He listened, then he addressed. The woman at the well, he listened, then he addressed. And so how can we do that? How can we listen well to our, our friends and our neighbors and then and then reinterpret scripture to their need, not with our own agenda, but right. listen well. Into, right. and, and that's what we're, that we're trying to be, I think, you know what, being in isolation has forced us to even hone that skill even better, right? <laughs> Ignore the media on our Instagram, what's happening there, and then respond. But let's respond to, you know, reaching yeah. out phone calls and, and texting. What, what are, what's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. And then listen well. Or what do you do when your neighbor's out watering their grass and you're out watering their grass? Like, are you having a connection? Or are you just saying hi? Like, how do we listen? How do we know what they care about? Yeah. How do we help them? I think one of the biggest things I've thought about is, you know, maybe part of that is the COVID response team, but, um, for us to just be concerned within the church of how we process our pain and our trauma and are we coping, those are, that's important. But like, we have this ability to be of service to everyone else. And all those folks who didn't really want to have a conversation about Christ are suffering. And even if you don't have to go straight to Christ, you can have a conversation and help them process and listen. Like these are things that we can do to serve those around us. Yeah. And that, that asking questions and listening and empathizing without immediately like saying, okay, I'm going to tell you this, you know, um, it allows you to like engage with them and recognize our shared trauma, our shared difficulty. And then 
have those spiritual conversations, you know, at that point. Yeah. That was a diversion, but yeah. No, that's, it's so helpful. Yeah, I didn't think it was a diversion at all. It's, you're, it's so, you know, I think people are thinking, oh, well, we're not in meeting with people, so I'm not able to listen well. Or, But in fact, I find that on all of our Zoom calls and our Zoom meetings with people, you you are forced to actually listen better because you can't interrupt each other, right? You have to like unmute and like it's just this awkward silence or pause. Or, And I do think it's forcing us to actually have to sit and be like, what are you saying? And you get closer, like, I can't hear you. Or, um, so even in that weird way through Zoom, how we're be, being better listeners. Um, but I wish that was more, as you're saying, part of our our heart position and our as being good listeners as part of who we are in the character of Christ and in connecting with people. Um, yeah, I didn't see it as a tangent at all. It was yeah, great application. And I hope that we can learn from you guys and find a way to, to, to learn from you about how to do this. And maybe that can be kind of a next step with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd love to, I mean, I, I know we've talked about even doing some of the, um, doing some of those training and using some of those resources, even in small groups in our church. And we're going to talk some more about that, but, but I'd love to just real briefly, Lisa, like hear just a little bit more about what you've developed and what you've learned in engaging with, um, with the different missionaries and the teams and kind of the, the di different people serving in different places that might actually be helpful uh, as our people as the people here who are living in West LA who are trying to be that, that light and that presence, that, that listener in our communities um, with their neighbors, with their coworkers, whether it's over Zoom or anything else, like what, what have you gleaned that maybe might be, I don't know, helpful for us to hear or even just for us to be reminded of? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's anything new. Um, I would mention that like COVID experience circles, which is something we developed to help, um, all of our missionaries, and they've all been using it um, for their own processing and for others. And that's just a way to um, open up some conversations in small groups of like three or four and just have a conversation about, you know, what their greatest losses are. What are they grieving? Um, how have they seen like joy and growth and movement in themselves or in God during this time? So we've had those conversations and it's really, really helped people share kind of the deep things that we're holding in because we all have accumulated stress. And I think for those in ministry in particular, you know, if I'm talking about missionaries overseas, um, we're expected to be the ones who have it all together. You know, you're supposed to be the strong ones, you know, and have like the right answer for everything. And um, so I think what we've experienced as we actually ask people to share is that there is tremendous grief. Um, and a lot of people have pivoted to say, well, but I know that my friend, like his father died or this person in my church died of COVID. You know, we have a lot of trauma in Spain. You know, we have a lot of missionaries in Spain. And, and so, um, so I feel like my trauma isn't as big, so I just need to be strong. And so I think one thing that we've learned more and more over and over is that we all need to take the time to grieve and recognize that the stress of this time is affecting us all and to and to think about what does it take for us to kind of acknowledge that and admit that and bring that to Jesus and be like, God, I just can't carry this and I don't really know what to do with this and I'm asking you to help me um, figure out what it is I need to be healthy. And so just then like figure out what it is to nurture our emotional health and our spiritual health. 
I'd say that over and over is something that we've seen. And, and maybe these COVID circles or any kind of group where you just have an open opportunity to share um, is one of the things we've learned has helped more people. Um, sometimes all it takes for me is to pick up the phone and call someone and just be like, I'm really sorry that you're so sick and that you're worried that your baby's been separated from you and is also sick with COVID and, and just listen. So I'd say that's another thing is just to listen. We don't have to solve people's problems, but we can listen and we can pray. Um, my neighbor here in our temporary housing is going through a lot. And I just asked her a few questions about how she's coping. And I just said, I don't know if you, how you feel about prayer, but would you let me just pray with you. And, and so I just think that we need to be recognizing our own losses and the losses of everyone around us. And that's one thing that I've really learned. Um, and, and I think that um, even we've talked a lot around, around COVID and we have a lot of Instagram posts that tell us about the stress of COVID and how we react, but we haven't always talked to people about their personal experience. And so I think that one of the things that I found most valuable around the world is that we need to take the time to talk about it um, and process through it and just not solve everyone's problems, but listen to them and pray with them. I'd say that's probably general wisdom, but it's what we've seen. Well, I mean, that's, I think there's so much wisdom in that. And actually, I, the, the power of it too, I think is connected to what you, what you said earlier in that the, the better we can do that and the more authentically we can do that, walk through that process. It places us in a place that's ready to walk with others through it, right? Where, we've, where we have come to grips, where we have recognized and, and grieved the, mm -hmm. the pain and the difficulties that this has caused, the, the loss that has, has come in, in small and in big ways. Right. Um, it, it prepares and softens our hearts so that we can, we can see and recognize and, and, and react with compassion mm -hmm. and with empathy in the lives of others and um, not just trying to deliver some type of, I don't know, like COVID strategy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Uh, the strategy is good, but yeah, we're people. And for example, <laughs> what we've learned in some of our places, yeah. you know, in Asia, where they're just by asking the neighbor how they're doing, they're finding out that they can't get their groceries. So, right. so yeah. our members have just gone to get the groceries for them. And so that's, that's, those kind of things, you don't do it until you listen. And so mm -hmm. even in West LA, I'm sure you have neighbors who have, maybe everyone's self-sufficient, they're fine, but there are neighbors who aren't. And so by asking, no, that helps us find ways to show them we care about them, tangible acts of love and then listening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I so resonate with that. Actually, maybe, I don't know, maybe a month ago, as everything was preparing to start school, like I was just, I was burdened in a, in a really like macro way on like how this was going to be so difficult for so many people and what, what could we do and how, and, and I think on a macro sense, we're, we're still kind of working on that as a church, like, like putting some things in place that, that can, that can help. But I was so burdened and, and really was the greatest part of the burden was I, I didn't know what to do, right? I didn't know exactly how to step in, what, what that looked like. And it, it's so fascinating that, that you see this because the thing that opened so many doors was just asking questions of my neighbors, mm -hmm. many of which who I would assume are self-sufficient, right? Yeah. Many of which who um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't normally like, 
worry about or something. But I, I, I felt that same thing. Like, well, at least I'm going to start here. I was this looking, and our fa our family has been like filled with opportunities, even just very practically around us, whether it's you know home or um, school or just our, the places around us. And I think, the, and that even also gives us both open doors and. Um, and even ideas to help understand what the real, you know, the bigger issues are. So, I, I, I hope you can hear this. There's two squirrels uh, <laughs> that are that are wrestling on my patio cover right now. They're squirrels. No, no, not not children. Not children. No, there are two literal squirrels wrestling on top of my uh, patio cover right now. Right above, right above me. So I, I've been relegated to the back patio because my kids have all <laughs> school has taken up the house. And like, but I, and the kids are very respectfully leaving me alone. But the squirrels, the squirrels <laughs> aren't quite so polite. So, anyways, I, I do feel but, like school is one of the biggest challenges for everybody, missionary families, families in mm. California because everyone's navigating work in school. And so this is a place for us to at least just ask questions and talk. Sometimes just talking about it helps you realize that everyone else is struggling and it's helpful because this is not, and there's no easy solution for anybody. But once again, asking questions and listening is just a place of building community. And that's who we are, right? As the church, we're a community of Jesus followers. And so we wanna be that, you know? I can attest to that. I feel like, you know, just in our email exchanges, you're, you're simple, you know, how is this going for you? You asked me that. And, you know, I shared with you just the struggle of a kid in school, a toddler, both of us working from home. And you could have just been like, oh, I'm sure that's hard, which is a fine response as well. But you just, you dove in relationally, right? And just, you know, offered to pray for me and you empathize, even just in an email, I could feel your empathy through there. Just, wow, that must be hard and I did I wanted a downplay it's not hard you know how many other people are like suffering in real intangible starvation kind of ways around the world and like this should not be hard for me I have a kid that loves school and loves independent learning and you know it's pretty easy for her but it's there's other challenges and I just so you I just want to test to the church like just even relationally between us as, as um you know partners and sisters in Christ and just in a simple email how I could you are practicing what you've taught and talked about with us tonight. And I could feel your heart and your empathy for, and care for me from, you know, electronically through an email and, and it works, you know, we, we kind of discredit email and electronic communication, but clearly as you guys have shared today, um, WhatsApp and, oh no, we're here. What just happened? Wait, we're here. my whole screen just went off. <laughs> oh yeah. We see you. We hear you. Oh, there it Wait, is. Wait, we can see you. So weird. It's just like you guys like wiped off the off the screen, and then it was just like my desktop. I don't even notice. It's something about just yeah that I yeah. I just I used to discount that it, it feels impersonal, but you were able to just um, successfully connect with me even in your email, and then now hearing through like WhatsApp and the different services. Just again. God can, I loved, I think it was one of you guys today said, right, if it carries words, it can carry, yeah, if it carries words, it can carry his truth, and it's like, man, I, I forget that, yeah, a, power, a text, a call, a WhatsApp, your email really touched me, and so I just thank you for, um, that you're not just 
it's just not like a strategy or a talk, but you're actually, you know, living that out and I could feel that. So thank you. Absolutely. There it goes again. Uh, and, and I would say, I don't know how many texts I received that had left me in tears because it helped me to get heard. So it, yeah. you know, it, it is what God has given us for now and it's important. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. So, so we, we, we've talked a little bit about just prayer, the power of prayer, the power of prayer in the movement of God, both mm. here and there, right. In, uh, in what he's been doing in Southeast Asia, like I, as you just think about even just the the coming months, how can we specifically be praying for you? I know we can be praying, Craig, for your your physical health and for uh, God's just continued hand and 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 healing and even just the the energy uh, that you need to fulfill what He's called you to and the and the peace to to be content with <laughs> the the ability that He gives you, right? Um, but yeah, how else can we be praying for you? I think one of the ways, yeah, I keep praying for our, our ministry team in Southeast Asia. It's, um, they tend to be even more restricted this week than last week. And so it's, it's really fluctuating around the world, uh, this, this lockdown. And so we seek to keep um, reaching out to people we love in tangible ways. And it's difficult when the borders keep shutting down. So just wisdom. Listen, we want to listen well to the spirit. We want to make sure that we're not forcing down things the spirit doesn't want us to do. But if there's a door we have to push down, then the spirit wants us to wisdom to push those doors down. So just wisdom mm-hmm. and listening well to the spirit. And how can we still love on the communities that are suffering and um, resistant, but have opened their hearts. And so pray for wisdom for that. Our prayer is a daily prayer that many, many, many Muslims around the world have come to know Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so just pray that this crisis opens their heart, makes them cry out to really seek who God is, and the Spirit would just draw many, many Muslims into him. That's, that's our biggest prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and even in that prayer that God would give courage and opportunity for those believers that are adjacent to those people courage and and you know offer to take the opportunity and initiative to share um in order for that to happen not just wait for it to happen independently and then i'd say maybe the last prayer point would be just um wisdom to know you know how it is that we're going to get back to southeast asia um what is god's timing and what is god's provision to do that so we definitely i think everyone feels in limbo we definitely feel in limbo that we don't know like how we're going to get back. So yeah. please pray for that. We're thankful God has provided a, a free place for us to stay while we're here. You know, we, we have no place to lay our heads. So God opened up this home for us or mm-hmm. as long as we need. So we're so thankful. Lord, God I just can't, that. I mean, tears of like thinking, do we need to move out next week? Okay. Where are we going to live? Should we like, what are we going to do? Yeah, are we considered like three days at one person's house? And three days? <laughs> yeah. For the next six months, but God's provided, <laughs> okay. you know, some friends who've opened their, place for us so we're thankful for that and yeah so great blessing on, on them yeah please praise god for this family may god bring blessing upon them for their kindness to us but yeah and then just when can we go back we, yeah. we don't know the lord knows yeah. absolutely absolutely well we're going to be we're going to be praying for praying for all those things praying specifically and, and I'm, i am so even just so grateful for his practical provision for you even during this yeah. time so um much. and and the thing you know the thing that that stands out to me that you you mentioned we we've been praying that God would work in 
and revive hearts. We've been praying for revival, particularly in uh, West LA through this, that, that this, this would shake up so many of the, the things that people um, think that they can depend on and are exposed that they, that they can't depend on. Um, but I, Craig, I particularly just appreciate that. And I, I wanna um, challenge us, even as a church, to pray even bigger than that and to pray for a, a, a radical revival specifically among Muslims as a result of this, this, this time that, that we would look back and see the difficulty and see the challenge and see the just in, in incredible um, sacrifices that, that had to be made and, and also see even just the, the difficulties and arguments going on just as trivial because what God used this season for was to draw so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of souls, hundreds of thousands of souls born into um, Muslim homes, Muslim lives, Muslim countries to himself in ways that, that we never could have or ever saw coming. And I think well, one, of, one of the greatest things we can be doing is praying specifically for that um, and committing to pray that. And so I, I, I don't know, that, that's, that's something I'm gonna commit to pray for. I hadn't really thought of in that way before you even said it, Craig, and, and would just, uh, invite us as a as a church family to, to be doing Thank that. you. Yes, we'll join you. Absolutely. This is a selfish little add-on prayer, but I would love to, I'm so glad we get to virtually visit you, but I know that we were hoping that possibly 2021, we were going to be able to see you in person. And so I just pray that one day we get our church family yeah. gets to come and just do life with yeah. you guys for a, a week, a two, a, a month, you know, something. I would love for that to still be possible. <laughs> You're very welcome. Please, yes. please make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me, uh, let, let me pray for us and, and wrap up our time. Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you guys so much for Craig and Lisa for the gift that they are and for the ways that you have used them in increasingly surprising ways, particularly in this season. Um, thank you, Lord, for the fact that your ways are not our ways, um, that we we, we plan our ways, Lord, but you direct our steps and, and you do so perfectly. And so, God, I, I thank you. I, I praise you. I praise you for this time and for just the gift and the um, encouragement that it is. Um, and we pray, God, that you would. We ask you, Lord, we beg you, God, that, that out of this, what seems like a physical and, and health disaster, economic disaster, uh, you would make all things new as you do. And in it, Lord, bring spiritual fruit, soul fruit drawing souls a revival among many in our city and in our world and particularly Lord among those in the Muslim world and so we we praise you and we thank you God for this time and it's in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. well thank you Craig and Lisa and thank you everybody for listening we will see you virtually on Sunday